Hello everyone and welcome for module number 18 on The Great Mystery. We navigate our experiences trying to be as conscious as we can and this requires us to take personal responsibility for all we create and all we attract. We recognise the inner creates the outer world for each individual and yet this inevitably leads us to contemplate what is sometimes called the great mystery. This term refers to the idea that despite our attempts to become fully conscious or enlightened or wise, there will always be an element of our experience that is unfathomable to us. This truth is something all students of consciousness must accept. We will never know everything as separate beings having a three-dimensional experience. There is an interesting story about Flatland, a romance of many dimensions, referring to the idea that Flatland is filled with two-dimensional beings having experiences of two-dimensional life. Imagine what happens when someone takes the first step to become three-dimensional. All of the rules of one's experience would change. Instead of seeing everything in a single plane, all of a sudden there would be a third unfathomable axis. This is much like our leaps in consciousness. We are brought into a new reality, one that we have no understanding or framework for. This usually feels confusing, scary and painful, but all growth requires this. Imagine, as I've exampled before, that we live inside a bottle of water. We may know what it's like to be a water droplet inside this bottle, but there is always a world outside of the bottle we may not even know exists. All of man's theories about our life here on earth were like that. Anyone who thought the earth was not the centre of the universe was considered crazy in our history. Now we can see into the depths of space, we know earth is not the centre of anything. We have entered a new dimension of understanding as we're peering outside the bottle, trying to understand the great mystery we see out there. Some are scared as we make this giant leap in understanding, but some are also curious. Curiosity is the way to navigate the great mystery with more ease. What the bleep do we know has a great scene in the movie showing this concept of being curious beautifully. Imagine an indigenous shaman looking to the horizon and seeing some form of modern technology sailing in. When concepts are way beyond anything we've ever conceived, it takes time for us to get our head around it. Only by being curious and staying with the initial information can we eventually understand it. This is why bypass is so limiting. We cannot skip over what the great mystery is bringing into our lives. We must stay present with all things that enter our experience. This is how we have the fullest experience. To ignore what we know about the universe and to continue to imagine that the earth is the centre of everything, for example, would limit our exploration of new experiences. We must allow ourselves to explore what the great mystery brings our way, knowing this information is only presented at the exact moment in time we can best handle it. Our exploration of our consciousness is the same. We cannot know what we do not yet know. So, like the shaman trying to access a new reality, we are constantly navigating this sea of new information. 
without presence and an awareness that the great mystery is operating in our lives, we will miss the beauty of all we are being grown into. We can trust things are presented at the perfect time where we can handle whatever comes our way because it is our consciousness that invites all experiences to us from the great mystery. Until we imagined the Hubble telescope and all the bits that made it work and how to get it into space and how to keep it there, through dedication, commitment and focus, we did not get to see the images of deep space it took, showing how vast things really are. Those who worked on that project started the idea in 1977 and who knows, perhaps imagined it for years before, but the idea wasn't launched until 1990. Like all leaps in consciousness, it took time to become actualized. Until we are ready, it takes focus to bring what we imagine into being. This is the way it is meant to be. The time readies our consciousness for what it needs to prepare it for new dimensions of experience. They probably wondered what they might be able to see and what was out there, but they were not afraid of it. Yet when we have our own leaps of consciousness, we feel afraid of them. There is no need. If you have managed to create a new experience and attract it from the great mystery, it is because you are exactly ready for it, or else there'd be delays to its manifestation. We can trust that all that is in our lives is perfect for our growth and that we are entirely safe to curiously explore it. All the time, you are being prepared for new dimensions of experience, whether you are conscious of this or not. In your life, your consciousness is always working with the great mystery to see what deep space within you you're ready to become aware of. If you notice the way the great mystery is working in your life, you will easily find the tools to build whatever propels you into your greatest awareness. All the while, it will most likely feel as though you're in the midst of an adventure of discovering. Whilst we try and understand the great mystery, we must accept that no matter how enlightened we become, we will never have all the answers or all the understanding to fully interpret it. To presume otherwise gets us stuck in the shadow of the crown chakra's teachings, thinking we are a guru. Like a big fish in a little pond, it may feel that we have complete understanding of our experience, yet there's always a bigger ocean of consciousness awaiting our exploration. We must be careful to recognize this or else we will become stuck. Like the child who innocently steps into each experience, genuinely trying to experience it, we can simply explore with humility, deeply humble, walking each step with the best friend we can possibly have, the great companion of thought and surrender, I don't know. Then we remain open to knowing more, experiencing and learning. When instead we walk with attachment to what we know, we cannot learn more. One of my favourite quotes from the movie Avatar is when the shamanic priestess says to the soldier, it is hard to fill a cup which is already full. This is so true. If you think you understand the great mystery entirely, how can it teach you anything? While we remain attached to the ego of knowing, we cannot possibly receive anything unknown to us. And there is always more to know. What a sad, limited experience if our cups of knowing are full and nothing else can enter. 
This feels like dying. Life is boring. There is nothing else to grow into. I had a powerful experience of this when I went through a very potent time of transformation. I felt so bored preceding it. My consciousness had reached levels of reality that were profound. I'd superseded every expectation I ever imagined for my own personal healing. I'd made a huge difference for others and I felt that I had profoundly contributed to the world. I understood so much and it had been ages since I was asked a question I didn't know the answer to. Internally, despite this amazing pinnacle I had reached, I felt so bored. My spirituality felt like it had found a plateau and had not moved beyond this level for a long time. It was unstimulating indeed. I even felt depressed. During this time, I felt also the ego of the crown chakra. My superior understanding was limiting me from connecting with others. I felt above or separate from people who could have been my peers. Despite my connection to an impressive amount of conscious understanding, my physical life was lonely and I felt sad. My cup was full. Realizing that I had reached a large block, I asked the great mystery to reveal to me what I couldn't see. I had to work really hard to get my ego out of the way. I was kicked out of the nest of great comfort in my life and driven into the new and difficult experiences to shake me up. These were uncomfortable on every level. My guidance disappeared. My knowing felt completely gone. I spent a long time in a metaphorical dark pool, not being able to see the way, surrounded by my ego, locked from any vision outside the self I needed to bring into deep relationship. Sometimes these journeys are called dark nights of the soul. They are periods where the great mystery is speaking very loudly to us and sometimes guiding us through very uncomfortable moments. I particularly love Ciara Beek's work on this. If you haven't read Red Hot and Holy, I highly recommend it. Her video on YouTube about the vulnerability we experience when following the great mystery through these moments is also a must-see. We have a vision that the great mystery is always going to lead us through beautiful experiences and that the spiritual journey is a path to some kind of nirvana state where we will live in bliss all the time. The truth is, the spiritual path is really about bringing us into great relationship with the great mystery. Not always, so the path is very easy, but so we simply are aware we are on a path. By knowing this, we know we are not actually stuck, but moving through something. The hardest part of anything is feeling stuck in it. If we know we eventually will get out of the difficulty, we can prevail. The great mystery is a process in action. It is the process we must go through. It is the process we are called to go through. It is the one we chose and continue to choose as we live on. It is the energy of our soul leading us through its great wisdom to the exact experiences that will help us unfold. When we understand our life as process, we can accept what is. We can accept that not knowing is okay. We don't need to be anywhere other than where we are. This is what the concept of the great mystery is all about. Can we remain in the not knowing to see what is? Can we navigate from this point of view? Here's how you grow in week one. 
First, we must see what we are attached to. In week one, consider this. In my journey, the great mystery has shown me so much about my attachments. I remember the first meeting I had with the LOM Council, a group of light beings who exist in the 11th dimension, who are like the CEOs for Earth's direction and coordinate our evolution. They pulled my entire body apart and expanded me like a star. They showed me that my body was pure energy inside. This made me lose my attachment to a finite physical experience. 20 years ago, this began my journey as a healer, having a profound understanding that the basis of all unwellness was energetic imbalance. I remember being wildly attached to one of my first teachers who I felt was such a guru at the time. When the great mystery revealed to me that she was very human, this learning was earth-shattering. It founded the basis for my work in the future being very grounded, serving the human being and the human experience, not the pursuit of an experience separate to the one we all came here to live. It founded acceptance of authenticity rather than idealism, which has become a cornerstone of my message in the world. I remember a beautiful journey where I was shown a reality where the world was literally opposite. The sky was the bottom, and the solid earth was the top. Learning to move in that reality was really interesting and made me reshape my ideas about physics. Not everything is fixed. When I look at the world these days, I have no attachment to the physics of it. I remember being attached to the idea that huntsman spiders had it in for me. They used to appear above my head in the car, run in from outside and run straight at me. I'd find them on me in the middle of the night. One even came out of the toaster at me when I put some toast in. After the great mystery gave me so many opportunities to experience this, I realized it was my impressive manifestation that was attracting this experience because of my attachment to it. Being something I experienced. Once I let go of the possibility that I had to remain attached to this idea, I stepped into the I don't know and I was open to having other experiences. I remember how traumatized I was when my parents took me to Universal Studios and I got to see Jaws, the shark, up close and personal on the tram we were riding at five years old. I had nightmares for many years after and recurring dreams and was terrified of being in deep water because of sharks. So much so that when we were snorkeling at Mystery Island years later, I thought I saw a shark and nearly drowned because I panicked. I chose to lose the attachment to this trauma on my honeymoon and go snorkeling in very deep water with a whole bunch of beautiful marine life. Stepping into the possibility of a different experience led to such grace and an experience of bliss, one that I have never before experienced in such deep water. The great mystery presents us with what we are attached to. Sometimes it is for opening us up and sometimes it is for closing doors that need to be closed now. What are you still attached to? If you have frequent occurrences that are similar, this could be an indicator of attachments that both command the great mystery to act for you and could cause you to open to a better way of living. If you can identify what these catalysts of attachment are, you are dialoguing with the great mystery and have an invitation at these moments to consider stepping into another way of being, even if you don't know what that is yet. In week one, 
Consider what your attachments are. What story does the great mystery keep presenting you with? Find one attachment and spend week one being open to the great mystery revealing itself and how you can move through the process of this attachment. Notice everything that comes to your attention about the subject and work with the information and experiences to see how they move you. Second, we must practice mindful not knowing. How comfortable are you with not knowing? Personally, I think this is one of the hardest spiritual practices we are asked to master, especially when we have safety issues, which so many of us do, to be asked to let go of the control knowing brings us is really scary. We must do this slowly and only at the pace that feels safe enough for us to explore. So please go gently with this concept and take your time, whatever your pace needs to be. Stepping into a place where we feel comfortable enough that we really do have the power to master any experience on the fly is huge. Most of us like to pre-plan and pre-prepare and know ahead of time and practice how we're going to act and react so when we turn up to an experience or an encounter, we are ready for it. Our mind spends a lot of energy doing this for us to keep us safe and to experience what we expected. When we are under pressure, this preparation becomes paramount to our psychological survival, particularly when we're facing something tremendously testing. For me, the experience of having a child has been like that, in particular the birth. I had heard previous to birthing from no less than 5,000 women their horror stories of birthing, the first one being my best friend who had her first child when we were 16. To say I was terrified of birthing was an understatement. Before the birth, I researched every single possible outcome, knew every answer to every question I could be asked, and had found a way to respond to every single possibility that could happen. For me, this was the only way I felt like I could have enough control to completely let go and surrender to the experience. For our biggest triggers, it's important to recognize that we may need a multi-stepped plan to feel safe. That's okay. I believe that most of those horror stories I heard came because women who felt unsafe didn't have a plan. Then when they encountered the I don't know, they felt afraid. Due to the absolute lack of information and support most women experience during birthing, in the completely wrong environment we have these days, a mostly led by men birthing environment, women have been traumatized. Yet, once you've given birth and seen how special and beautiful it can be, you realize that despite the environment around you, you can indeed have an awe-inspiring, divine birth that changes you forever in the most beautiful ways. What is the difference here? Surrender. When a woman embraces the not knowing and the experience of what she's encountering and is encouraged to not fear, but to embrace the experience and to know she is safe in the experience, she flourishes. The great mystery of birthing reveals itself and the wisdom and knowing she needs flows through her beautifully. Conversely, when she is told to fear the unknown, most women tighten up, restrict the flow, and then experience the cascade of interventions that force the process. Navigating the mystery is like this. We don't need to be so surrendered that we have absolutely no control. 
we need to recognise what we are sensitive to, triggered by and need support with. For these things, we may need more mental information so we can get to a state where we can let go. For other things, we can just let go. As our sense of safety improves, we will be able to let go more and more. Birthing is a great example of how we need to embrace the not knowing and it's a beautiful metaphor for life. Like Stanislav Grof's work talks about, all transitions require this kind of birth. We enter transition when we are not sure we can go ahead. We must surrender to the not knowing for our new self to birth. When we do, we empty our cup completely allowing it to be filled with something truly magical. That feels like the birth of something profound in our lives. But this can only come when we make space by accepting the not knowing. Here's how you can grow in week two. How do you feel about not knowing? When you have no idea about what is going to happen or you step into an experience where you don't know all the variables, how do you cope? What does it feel like for you when you encounter new people you don't know? How does it feel when you try a new experience you don't know? What is that like for you? Do some areas of your life feel easier to not know in than others? Which areas of your life are the hardest to be comfortable with no control or understanding? In week two, contemplate these questions. The not knowing requires us to try. Then, as we are having the experience, profound shifts can happen. I had a funny experience of this again on my honeymoon. My husband wanted to go jungle surfing. This is an experience where you get tied to some zip lines and you surf through the air on the zip line amongst the trees high up in the canopy of the jungle. I thought it sounded like a really interesting experience and my husband was super excited to do it. As we reached the first platform, it became apparent to me that I may in fact have a pretty big fear of heights. I was really nervous. I started to sweat. My skin went grey and I realised I was terrified about going down the first zip line. On reflection, it wasn't a fear of heights. In fact, what I was scared of was the not knowing. I had no control over the environment. I hadn't tested the zip lines. Most of the employees looked stoned and unprofessional. My husband and I were both overweight. What was the weight limit of the zipline? We were both supposed to get on there together. There were so many variables of unknowing I didn't know. It didn't feel safe to me on any level. I was having a physical reaction to the unknowing. I was terrified. I felt very unsafe. I wasn't going back though. I mentally assured myself that they wouldn't let us on the ziplines if they weren't designed for our weight. I let others go first and saw that it was working and no one hit a tree trunk in the surf between platforms. And then I tapped into my faith. If I wasn't meant to have this experience, it would have been booked out or something. Yet here we were and we could do it together. When I reached the last zip line, I had to do it on my own without my husband. It took everything I had to get on that zip line. I closed my eyes and detached my consciousness from my body. I was not present at all. Most of us handle the unknowing that way. Instead of using the experiences we have to move through things, we detach and pretend we're not going through them. Halfway along that zip line, I opened my eyes and came fully into my body. It was the best experience I've ever had. It was so liberating to be in the not knowing. I felt entirely free in this moment and entirely empowered when I reached the last platform. 
I think because there was finally a way out of the experience and I saw that last platform, I was able to fully surrender to the not knowing. Like I said earlier, when we have an awareness, it is a process and we are not stuck. It is easier to surrender. When I sat back and thought about that experience, I found it so interesting. I don't actually fear death. For me, that is something I know a lot about. That is a total known. It was the spatial unawareness of being out of control of my own body that felt so unknown. Being in control of my body is a big safe zone for me and an area that I clearly had more work to do to surrender fully to. In this experience, jungle surfing, I managed to have a tremendous awareness about myself. The great mystery leads us to awarenesses that are so profound, but only when we surrender to the not knowing. I could have come down from that first platform, but instead I chose to engage the experience and look at what happened. A tremendous self-awareness. Here's how you can grow in week three. What experience of not knowing do you feel comfortable to try? In week three, I would like to invite you to try something you feel a little pushed with, but still relatively safe in trying. Maybe for you, it's not jungle surfing or swimming with sharks. It doesn't have to be so in your face. Choose something that feels like it would push you into an area of yourself where you might normally want control. Try not preparing or having the control you would normally have. Loosen into the unknowing. See how it feels. How does it affect your body? What does it feel like? How does your spirit feel as you experience the not knowing? We must action the not knowing through our choices to live in a great conversation with the great mystery. If we only do what we know, we will never know more. The mystery also is the essence of our connection to the divine. It doesn't matter what name we give that. Sufi, Muslim, goddess, god, etc. There are many paths up the mountain. I have trained in the frameworks of spiritualist mediums, Buddhist monks, psychotherapists, shamans, Native American Indian medicine women, kundalini navigators, Indian gurus, voodoo practitioners, angelic emissaries, rebirthers, ritualists, channels for bee goddesses, trans shamans, reiki masters, practitioners of the temple of Set, psychologists, Sufi mysticists, Muslim, ecstatic love teachers, holotropic breathworkers, Wiccans, pagans, druids, Mayatri breathworkers, telekinetic experimenters, government professors studying the science of energy, Taoist practitioners, kinesiologists, neuroscientists, light beings from all over the universe across millions of dimensions, masters of the internal martial arts, even masters of ovarian kung fu. Every single one of these philosophies or ways of knowing have one thing in common. They are all trying to make sense of the great mystery. Always have a lens of the great mystery to them. There is a wisdom behind the curtain of reality. If we know enough, we know that we don't know enough to define it, and we never will. It is indeed a mystery, as is our journey. Then we will approach with wonder. How wondrous is it that there will always be a question we will never know the full answer to, yet we will inevitably spend our lives trying to understand it through all of our actions and experiences. This is the unified journey we are all upon. It is what unites us. It is why we are all one.
The great mystery is the orchestrator of our connection with our soul. As the conscious person here, we don't always understand this connection. We don't always know why we attract what we do or what good it is leading us to. In the moment, we don't know why the lessons are here. After all, we only get this understanding having gone through the experience. Yet the great mystery understands. This wisdom well of consciousness knows beyond all the assumptions, all the analysis, all the pain our life experiences cause us. It is this conversation we should listen to, yet is often the one we are not listening to. In painful moments, we should always tune in to these greater wisdoms instead of being in the experience and being consumed by it. We must ask, why am I having this experience at all? If we stay attuned to this question while we are experiencing the situation, then we can have the full understanding of what is being revealed to us. Now imagine for a moment if everyone stopped trying to define the great mystery and simply acknowledged that it exists. If as a community we all work to stay present to this knowledge in our experience, imagine that there is a grander plan for the existence of us all, one that leads to life being the primary objective. If we were all listening to this plan as it unfolded through the experiences and what we find meaning of in our lives, just imagine the peace. We would truly drop down into a human experience of human being. Our lives would have meaning and symbolism again. We would stop arguing with one another about our top level assumptions and instead focus on the deeper meaning of life. The ancient ones all respected the great mystery. They gave it many different names but knew there was an undercurrent of wisdom weaving through their lives. In order for us to move forward as a society and find deep meaning to our experience, we must once again listen to the whispers of the great mystery speaking to us in our lives. It is the key to fulfilment and world peace.